Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome a, a punster, a linguistic master, a poet, a singer uh, from England. He's uh, here by way of New Zealand. Will you please welcome Mr. Les Barker to West Coast Live. <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for being with us here on, on West Coast Live, making this a part of your, your stop. When did you uh, first discover you had a, a poetic tendency? Oh, I used to do when I was a little kid at school, and they kept telling me to stop because it'll never get you anywhere. Ah. <laughs> and now you've been touring the world doing your never-get-you-anywhere material. Yep. It's, they were wrong. <laughs> I'm very pleased. And you're very pleased? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what kind of things would you do in school? Um... Well, it was when we had English. I had to. They gave us a subject to write an essay about, and I'd do a funny one. And they said, "Don't do that." Don't be funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and so you stuck with it. I did. I enjoyed it. So I I only do what I want to do. What uh, uh, and so how do you travel around the world doing shows? Do you do you sing with your your productions? Do you you do recite? I just recite. I don't understand music at all. Now, I, I just count the relevant notes and put the important words where the impo- important notes are. Yeah. So you're following, you, you can follow the beat? Approximately. Approximately, yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's have a, one of your, your poems here for you, for us. Where nature's seen at its wildest, out on the African plains, lost amongst the wildebeest and the springbok, chasing the seasonal rains, There once lived a family of zebras, a small group of sisters and brothers, and there was one who stood out from his fellows. Spot was not like the others. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You're not taking me seriously. (laughs) Somehow he stood out in long grass, where others somehow seemed to blend. When you're trying to hide from the lions, a zebra calls Spot's not your friend. (laughs) Nature can play cruel tricks. You might see it as victimization when the rest of your family are barcodes and you're just wild punctuation. (laughs) Life can be hard when you're different. It's sad how cruel folk can be. Strange how the world can be hurtful to someone not like you or me. Spot may have been modest and clever, the fastest, the kindest, the best, but Spot was soon banished forever, for Spot was not like the rest. I went to his brothers and sisters to ask how all this came about. The trouble is, he's really a leopard, and we don't want to be there when he finds out. (laughs) So he stands all alone in the grassland, life's furrow alone he must plough, for Spot was not like the others. Spot was different somehow. There's a great deal of compassion in your poet's voice. Oh, I'm a very caring person. <laughs> 
Do you, do you find that you're, uh, you've ever been misunderstood in any of your travels? Oh, frequently, yes. I've now written 72 of these books. Seven, 72, they're, they're, uh, they're what, about uh, 48 pages or so long? Uh, 36, yes. Uh, this week. Um, and I'm one of these self-published people. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm self-published, self, self-stapled, self-printed. And you enjoy that independence? Oh, yes. It's, it's a nice feeling to actually do the whole job yourself. If I started to sell several million of these, I'd probably feel differently about it. <laughs> but as you sell just enough to keep you on the road and going? Yeah, yeah. If I staple maybe 20 a day when I'm at home, that, that's enough. And the, uh, have you changed paper and covers over the years? Do you d- design the, the covers yourself? I do some other covers. I've got, other fr- I've got friends who are artists who do them properly, but every now and again I do one just for the fun of it. So let's, let me read a couple of the titles here. Alexander Greyhound Bell. <laughs> the Boxer Rebellion. You enjoy uh, dog titles. The Borzois Back in Town. <coughs> in the graphics of a, of a kind of a personal planner, Fido Facts. And uh, <laughs> here's one with a tree covering a bark to bark. A bark to front and bark to front. And... Uh, Pekingese up Mother Brown. Uh, there you go, all right. Shakespeare's Pizza, Free Chopsticks. Is that, what is that? Is that? Oh, every now and again I find old newspaper mis- you know, cuttings that are either wrongly typed or just wrongly written, and I just stick them on the back of the book for assorted enjoyment. Joining nudist colony, must sell washer and dryer, $300. <laughs> These have been printed in, uh, in the press, and you found uh, records of them here. <laughs> you, you enjoy life. I do. It, it's, it's a wonderful way to live. I used to be an accountant, but I'm, I'm better now. <laughs> Did you ever try to do funny things with the books, and they said, don't be funny? <laughs> oh, frequently, yes. <laughs> That's probably why I'm not an accountant anymore. <laughs> And, uh, and home now is in Wales. It is. I live in a vowel-free environment. Yes. A vowel-free environment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I live in a little village called Bulthgwyn, which has no vowels at all. Does that make you feel a little easier that there are sort of ish- English words that you don't have to use? My, I guess you could, there'd be zizigy and rhythm and a few others that wouldn't have any vowels in them. Uh, that's about it. But in Wales, there's millions of them. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're differently voweled in Wales. That's what it is. Differently voweled. Yes. Well, you like being places where people are a little bit different. Oh, yes. I like strangeness. I've come to value it over, li- over, the, over the years. Yeah. Your, uh, your show here in the Bay Area is, is sold out, but you have an interesting uh, website, which is it's a very peculiar one. Um, but I... We've got the long version. Is there a short version? Yes, it's mrsacroyd.com. Mrsacroyd.com. Is there a dot between the Mrs. and the Ackroyd? No, no. Mrs. Ackroyd was my dog. And you've named your website in her honor? Yeah, she was part of the act back in the UK. She, she used to lie there and do nothing. <laughs> Not even laugh? No, she just lay there and people came up at the end of the night and said, what a nice dog. <laughs> was that easier than complimenting you on your poetry then? Oh, it's much easier for most people, yes. Uh-huh. And then she used to bite them. She used to bite them? Yes. In gratitude, I guess. Yes, yes. 
Do you, uh, do you ever get into politics with your poems? I do from time to time, yes. I've always written a few serious things which I'd give to singers to perform because I couldn't work out how to get in, into a comedy performance. But when we had an impending war and both of our political parties were in favour of it and about 90% <coughs> of the people were against it, it was time to stand up and be counted, so I worked out how to do it. Do you have a, a poem from that time? Yes, I have. How goes the war on terror, George? Is Al-Qaeda under control? Does the world know peace, freedom and justice? I think I'd say no on the whole. In the days after 9-11, the goodwill of the world was yours. I might have opened a dialogue. I might have pondered the cause. I might have considered the issues, asked what the solutions might be. Beating the crap out of everybody never occurred to me. <laughs> but justice had to be done. George, you made that attack. I think we know most of them were Saudis. Let's invade Iraq. <laughs> they showed no respect for the United Nations. They had only contempt for that forum. You can't keep ignoring the UN like they did. We showed them a way to ignore them. But now Iraq's turned against us. I suppose it's what you'd expect. Beating the crap out of everybody tends to have that effect. <laughs> there were links with Al-Qaeda, you said. Iraq, not a chance, we said. Never. But thanks to your tactical awareness, George, we might just have pushed them together. Remember the day the war ended? George, it just seems to drag on. But we're going to liberate these people if we have to kill every last one. <laughs> How shall we win hearts and minds? Don't tell me, George. I think I know. Beating the crap out of everybody. I think we should give that a go. Bomb the hospital, shoot the ambulance driver, knock the neighbourhood flat. It's a good job they aren't real people. You can't treat real people like that. Why not stop selling arms around the world? Change the whole scheme of world trade. Treat the disease and not the symptoms. None of that's what you want, I'm afraid. We could build a new world based on justice. Do things according to law. Beating the crap out of everybody. It's never solved problems before. How goes the war on terror, George? It's a war, George. Can anyone win? The world needs peace, freedom and justice. It's a long road, but why not begin? Poem called The Civilized World, Les Barker. Do you have one for your, uh, your, your good friend Tony Blair, too? Oh, I've written a few about him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for stopping by West Coast Live and uh, treating us to your poetry. MrsAckroyd.com. Les Barker, Wordsmith, is a performance here. As I understand, it is sold out tonight. Yes, I doubt whether I'd get in. Oh. <laughs> I'd just see you at the door and say sorry. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Les Barker, thank you very much for stopping by West Coast Live. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live. 
right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.